Shepherd, welcome back to Digital Worship. I'm Pastor John Carolis, and as we continue our series Planted, looking at the teachings of Jesus on the kingdom of God throughout the Gospel of Matthew, we encounter the sayings and stories that Jesus used to teach his truth to the people that listened to him at the time he walked this earth, to inform the, the care his disciples would give as the first pastors of the church. And you and I can hear these same words and hear the same encouragement and get the same strength from God our Father through His Son by the power of the Holy Spirit as we walk through His teachings together. We're in another agricultural parable today. Last week we talked about the familiar story of the parable of the sower, recognizing that we are the soil ourselves and that the Word of God is the seed that is planted in our hearts and that uh, He is the one who sustains us through all of life's ups and downs and the competing philosophies and temptations that we face. Today we get another agricultural parable. This one is a little bit different and the the metaphors are not a one-to-one equal comparison. We've got some different characters, we've got a different picture, and the purpose of this parable is quite different as well. You see, that other parable gave a description of how God's word is at work in our lives. This parable gives us a description of how the kingdom of God works in a world that looks like God isn't showing up. What are we supposed to do when it looks like we're the losers and the rest of the world is the winner? How are we supposed to navigate the fact that it doesn't look like God's word is doing what he promised he would do? Why does it feel like we're behind? Why does it feel like there's all these other uh, worldviews out there that seem to be doing so much better than the Christian faith, the true faith? So let's listen into Matthew chapter 13 as we hear again the promises of God and the parables of Jesus in this teaching on the kingdom of God. From Matthew chapter 13, here is another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. Then the crop began to grow and produce grain. The weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the fields where you planted good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? An enemy has done this, the farmer exclaimed. Should we pull out the weeds, they asked. No, he replied, you'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds. Tie them into bundles and burn them and put the wheat into the barn. So this parable is a little bit strange. There's there's wheat that's planted in a field, and then as it grows, the the farmer's workers begin to realize there's weeds mixed into the wheat, and they're like, didn't you plant good seed in that field? What happened? The farmer says, look, somebody came through and planted these weeds, and now our, our, our harvest is kind of at risk here. And the workers worried. They say, let us go through and pick out all the weeds. Let us take care of that for you. And he says, no, it's dangerous to do that because their roots are intertwined. If you pull up the weeds, you're going to be pulling up the wheat as well, and then we'll lose everything. No, wait till the harvest. We'll cut everything down together, and then we'll separate it and bring the wheat into the barn and throw the weeds into the fire. Okay, so what does this picture mean? Actually, later on in the chapter, Jesus gives a description and an explanation for the parable himself. He goes on to say, look, the farmer is actually the son of man. So Jesus himself is the farmer. And the seed is the word of God, the teachings that he brings into the world and plants. And the seeds are the people who, uh, the wheat that is, are the people who receive those words, those teachings, and grow in their faith, who believe in it, who have the faith in their God. The weeds, on the other hand, those are people who are kept, fallen captive to false, false faiths, to false teachings, who have uh, 
given into the temptations of the evil one and, and gone a different way, gone a separate way. And the question is, well, why do we live in a world where it seems like there's Christians and non-Christians mixed up in with each other? And, uh, and honestly, it almost looks like the non-Christians, the unbelievers, the people that don't know God have the upper hand. If God the farmer is really in control, and if our world is one that is called to live in his instructions and trust in his promises, why does it seem like the wheat is getting the short end of the stick here? Why are the weeds allowed to grow? Why are they allowed to take over the field? God, can't you do something about this? And you know, when we recognize that this is a description of our world and maybe even a voice of some of our worries and our concerns, we begin to hear it in a different way. It becomes an encouragement for us, even in the midst of these times that don't always make sense to you and I. You see, we live in a world where it seems like the winners are right and the losers are wrong. Those with more power or more wealth or more influence, they have the upper hand. And those that are cast aside or cast out, they are, um, they're worthless or they're, they have less to contribute. They're not taken as seriously. And let's be honest, in the world today, Christianity is not given a place of prevalence. I mean, if you look at the global picture of Christianity, it's not, there aren't a whole lot of uh, Christian kingdoms out there. There's not a whole lot of Christian governments out there. And in fact, the places where the church seems to be growing the most uh, effectively is the places where it is attempted to be put down the most. So why are, are we living in a world where it seems like evil has the upper hand and goodness and God have the short end of the stick. They're the ones that are stifled. They're the ones that are punished. Well, this parable gives us a picture and understanding of God's mercy, God's patience. You see, God is truly in control and he is the authority and the power to do whatever he wants. If he wanted to uproot all the weeds right now, he certainly could do it. But instead, out of his mercy, and maybe out of a mysterious mercy at that, he has said, no, we're going to wait until the harvest. And here's the key. You and I are not the harvesters. So often I think we want to take on this role of harvesting the world. We want to be the ones that kick out the evil, that cut off um, the ones and cast out the ones who are contributing the wrong message. And we want to just preserve and protect the good Christian people that we know. We want to, we want to section them off and, and give ourselves the best chance at success and the best chance at growth. And God says, that's not your job. The harvesters, in his explanation, those are the angels that will come at the end of time to enact the separation of the Christians and the unbelievers. It's not our job. Instead, we as the wheat, well, we're encouraged. We're given the opportunity to minister to each other, to grow with each other, to witness through our words and our actions to the, those around us that don't yet know God. The non-agricultural principle in this parable is that weed, uh, that the weeds could actually turn into the wheat <laughs> if the wheat finds a way to care for, witness, and minister to those who don't yet know God, give them the opportunity to be introduced to a relationship with him. Out of God's mercy and patience, he is giving us that opportunity, not so that we might earn his favor or be given a place of greater prevalence, but instead so that some of the weeds might also be saved. See, it might look like God's not in control, but I promise you that he is. It might not look like this field is being overseen by a farmer that cares, but he truly cares so much that that word of God has come into the world and brought us into a place where his own life, death, and resurrection gives us the opportunity for a connection with him. 
a connection with him that sustains us through the midst of the questions we face, the persecutions we endure, the suffering that we see the church encounter all over the world. God's patience and mercy sustain the Christian church through those difficult times and create the opportunity for the church to expand and to grow because the way that they endure those trials becomes a witness and invitation to others to encounter a relationship with him. This parable is an encouragement to the church that wonders where God is. Why isn't he showing up? He's biding his time. He's waiting until the harvest. And in the meantime, he sustains us through his word, through his work, that we might be those who share that same work and word through the things we say, the actions we take, the relationships that we, that we um, cultivate the conversations that we have. I hope that's an encouragement to you today as you look at the world and maybe wonder, where is God? Why isn't he showing up in the way that I think he should? God is at work. He's patiently and mercifully waiting for the time of harvest and in the meantime, provides himself to you through the word of Jesus, through the care of the church, through the sustenance of his great sacraments. God himself is at work in you. Care for the other wheat around you. Witness to the weeds around you so that at the harvest we might find more and more in that wheat that's gathered into the barn and celebrating an eternal reality with God our Father. As you look to the week ahead, may that be an encouragement to you. May you turn to the pages of Matthew and find in them the truth of the kingdom of God as it sustains your faith. And we look forward to finding you and meeting up with you to dig through more of the gospel of Matthew next week.